Don't try and solve the world outside on this side of the eyes. Don't just work at trying to solve things that you think you see, because the problem is not there. Mostly, it's in here. It's the way of the way of it's being perceived. How you perceive life. Begin to really work. If you have to say like that, your introspection should be about the sense of identity, because everybody misses it. We always look to think it's something outside. It's a person or a thing or a situation or a belief or a structure. It's the police, your parents, your grandparents. It's to do with your friends at school. It's to do with bullies. It's to do with the media. It's to do with something else. And as long as you do that, you put the power away from you. You also have a power. The politicians have a power also. But you have the most important power, the power actually to bring your own mind into stillness. That's the greatest power, greater than any atomic bomb. But it's not used. But the mindset and the habit, the culture is that you start to feel I'm a person, and the person is a vulnerable state of consciousness, and the least thing it will do is to begin to examine its own self because it feels far incapable of transcending its own projections about itself. The power you have is really to discover your true nature. Rarely is a human being coming from their their own center, their own their own true place. It's usually from living in the idea you have of who you are, living in the your self-image, and so on. And that's such a very small place. Everything is somehow flavoured the herbs and spices of your own projection, colour the world that you see, and you suffer from that world. Suffer and enjoy. The beauty of this life, when it is so exquisite, in fact, that you cannot really lie and get away with it. On every level, on some level, it's it's there. I'm not saying that we have to be squeaky clean, like as persons, don't have to put that effort. Just recognize what is true, and just be there. Because life is not about doing, 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 or not doing, not doing, not doing, not doing. It's about the quality of your being. The invitation is to be empty. On the outside, you may look like you're running about, but inside, there's a serenity there. And sometimes the more intense the work comes, the more serenity there is also. But the minute you start to touch your mind and start to think, well, you know, I have not asleep for two days, it's been going on, then you are making yourself tired. If you work with the streams of consciousness, it could keep you running on your toes for seven days and then you stop, you something drops, and then in three hours you're so rejuvenated that you can do that again. If that is what nature is calling. I'm not talking about the stuff you're doing that is projection from your own mind. I'm talking about the natural rhythms of life. And don't think that the rhythms of life is just perfect balance where everything is just nice. And that's a human idea. Sometimes you will, you will work and work and work and work, but actually you come to realize it's not work at all. If your attitude is really, really open and devoted, it's not work. It's like you've offered your body and your energy back to the universe. And the universe never complains of tiredness. Then you will not have a sense of there is something you cannot do, or there is something you must do. So you know you just you're empty. You're empty. But that emptiness is unmatched anywhere in the universe.
There's nothing you're going to do on this planet that's going to bring you the, in the, the profoundity of that peace, of that love. There's just nothing. Because when you are again yourself, you are unconquerable. Even death cannot touch you. But when you are caught in the trap of the person, look how weak you become. You lose your shine, lose your glow. You start to become fetal again, all cramped. These are small things, they are nothing. It is so foolish thing that a human being carries around this noise, this baggage that is useless to anyone else and even to themselves. When you could know the splendor of emptiness. If you ask the mind, the mind does not perceive emptiness, emptiness is like nothing. Something will feel no, no, I can't be nothing, I'm not ready to be nothing. But it's not the mind's nothing. It's nothing's nothing. From there, whatever is appropriate to the moment gets done because it's not the person's doing, it's not the person's thing, it's the universe's thing. All we are doing here is the universe's thing. Even the person's thing is the universe's thing. Eventually, gradually, hopefully soon, you will speak less and less about you, everyone. When you speak, there will be something global about it. The less you speak about you, you know, this happened to me today, and this is that. That is the that is the that's not the fact. That's the fiction, actually. Of consciousness, not the fact of consciousness. Actually, nothing is going on, particularly. And yet, the real you, the real you, your real self, is always here. The false self is the self-image created in the mind. You should know this, anyway. How does uh, such uh, love exist? Uh, for for us, I will tell you actually, uh, there is no us. It's it's it. The love is it for its self-portrait, call calling itself us. It's the love uh, of love for love. It's not uh, of us. When we say us, yes, yes, we must understand what this means because. It's a grave error, and one that must be put right. Actually, it's not that God knows us, because then God would have to know us as something other than God's self, which they cannot be. 
the us is God who creates a sense of uh, individuality, but that individuality cannot leave the God self. But imbuing in the sense of the individual this seed of I-ness, which is capable of identifying with the body and then having the belief that it is the body. And in the belief that it is the body, creates unwittingly an identity which it believes it is. It's the consciousness, actually, that is believing itself to be an individual. But that belief, actually, sprouts from the totality itself. So the us, the you and the me, is a myth within the I itself. The I, the true import of I, is consciousness. And consciousness, I can call the child of the Absolute itself, meaning that the consciousness manifests inside the body as that feeling, that intuitive sense of presence, when you say I or I am. It is consciousness, and it is also the Absolute. The Absolute, in its dynamic expression, manifests I. But that I is not a person. It is not a person. But while it is in the body, the closest distinction, the distinguishable feature about it, is that the I does have a sense of individuality. But the individuality is not a person. The individuality is still the God Self. Why I say that is because in each body, when the I awakens to itself as the root consciousness or the essence itself, when that awakening happens in one body, it doesn't automatically happen in all the bodies. So there is an individual aspect about this, this awakening. Uh, process. What happens actually is when the consciousness awakens to itself in this body, it realizes that it is the same one in each body. But in each body, that awakening must happen uniquely and individually. This is what has happened. So this love that we feel, it will only be this idea that God loves us. It is a relative truth, but it's mixed with ignorance, because God cannot love us. As other than God, you see. Which is more real, the us, the I, or the God? Conditioning, education, fantasy, projection, uh, limited belief with the body and uh, personality. <coughs> then that I is not the pure I. It's not the I am, which is the godly principle inside. It is a deviation from that. It is a mode of uh, of I. And so while the consciousness manifests in this unique projection, it will be in a state of delusion for as long as that lasts. In fact, if the person was real and only had itself to rely upon to come out of the state of ignorance, it could not happen. It is only through the grace of consciousness, which has compassion for its own self, that is momentarily identified with phenomenal manifestation, which it, the consciousness, caused to be in the first place. The individuality has no power. And when I say that the persons are like, like the characters in a book, meeting each other to, to, to discuss whether they would like to get rid of the author or something, it's just bloody impossible. You know, it's, it's like this. And if you begin to see. Uh, and understand you know the role of the 
of the person, what the person really is, that it has no real autonomy. It is only given a tinge of autonomy in order to, to make the play of diversity believable for a while. The sense of individuality has to believe it is true to make this, this illusory play um, believable. But awakening means to, to really understand your true position, that you are the core consciousness. Your reality is not beginning even at the place of the presence, earlier than the presence. You are there earlier than presence. And this is why we are able also to perceive presence, to be aware of presence. That consciousness is there from before time. That is the unborn. That is the one that is not journeying, but in whose presence the sense of a journey somehow happens. By its own, by its own power, it causes it to be like that. This is this is the the standpoint of that non-dual truth, but is not in conflict with duality. That's the thing. You see, duality is itself its toy, its child, its self-playing. Because there cannot be any experience without duality. And once consciousness manifests as a person, as a sentient being, it is totally addicted to experiencing. It loves experiencing. Even what is painful is lovable. Because only through the functioning of duality can consciousness have the taste of maturing, diversifying, self-contemplating, meditating, reflecting, recognizing, understanding, verifying, confirming, acknowledging itself. Only through duality that play is possible. From before the beginning, God has no complex in order to be searching for God's self. It could only be through the dream of what you call life that we, as the One, appear to be many and different, enough to create the sense of conflict, to go that far, to create the swing of extremes. This is the might of the consciousness itself. All these things I say to you, they just come. It's a package deal. It just comes in with the seeing. Once the seeing confirms itself that you, that you are here, everything I say to you is about this thing, this thingless thing, in whose presence things are perceived. This is the only thing you need to know. For a while, while we have this, the, the sense of the flesh and the, the name, we will keep on believing there's things to know and things to find out. And sometimes you go, you you stray and go for a long way, learning things which are really unnecessary for the truth. As as soon as the bite, the urge, uh, is on fire in you, the the non-essential things will fall away. You will discern very very quickly. That's not important. That's not important. Or some guide will come to you to tell you, don't touch this, don't touch that, don't waste time. Go directly. And this going is not out there. This going is here. For this reason, we are here to find out. And the quicker, the better. Because the more you, each of you find out, in fact, the rest are more convinced 
by your own mm, awakening than my telling you. Because something, a seed of disbelief is inside. That's the mind's, one of the mind's uh, final aces. Is that somehow there's some seed of doubt? Is it really possible? And perhaps this is why it seems so difficult to go through this portal, because so many voices have some stake inside your consciousness. Once you hold on and stop dividing yourself, everything will come right. But each little whisper managed to turn your head into a direction. I can speak this way because one kiss, one kiss I had, the first kiss I had from God that I know, and I walked out of my life. I didn't hang around to question, oh, is you are you real or you not real? It was enough. I just started walking. I made many mistakes along the way, but I knew I could not go back. There was no back to go. There was no back to go. And the forward to go was just to just to disappear. And of course, some some movements will happen. But so firm is that it's like when you are in love, nobody has to remind you. To remember your beloved. Whatever you're doing, you're, you're scaling fish. The beloved is inside you, fills you. You're on the toilet. The beloved is there. You're in some some strange situation. Your beloved is there with you. Nobody has to remind you. Hey, remember the beloved. How can you forget? It was like you're in love with something you cannot see. But it was filling your entire being with feelings that waves of bliss could not explain. I said this. I used to say, like, I, some someone made song of this utterance. I said, I, I, I feel like I fell through a hole in the universe. I said this thing. It's a beautiful way of expressing it. Because after falling through a hole in the universe, I don't think my feet were walking on the ground quite. I was just walking somehow. It's like when I turned to the left, it was, it was a whole, the whole universe was turning to the left, mm. and sit down. The whole universe was sitting down. I don't know, something like that. I started to sit in the corner of the rooms. I started to sit on the floor. I was not used to sitting on the floor. I sit on the floor. I used to sit on the floor when I was doing martial arts sometimes, but never just sat on the floor. <laughs> and and I can't. It's it's just. Something was changing in the way that I perceived the world and the sense of self. All your ideas about who you are and so on is being is is in a powerful grip that is pulping who you are. And a peace came inside that has never left me. It didn't matter if we were doing a lot of work 
or no work at all, whatever. It is always there. And uh, I just knew when it was time when some things were over. I knew it. I could not not know it. Just uh, you don't have to ask: Is this thing at the right time for? It's just I just knew it. You, it's like the vital force just withdrew its power from you, even to speak. If your speaking was only coming from the mind, and I realized that something was really not re-educating. I don't know because I know who was being educated, re-educated. But at the time, I felt I was being re-educated. I was being sort of renewed, and the old kind of programming was being transformed into something else, a new way. Uh, but I still had my I, me, was still there for quite some time. Just an I that felt tremendously loved and blessed and grateful. And that thing took me to India. Provided the ways and the means to go to some place that uh, I knew nothing about. I never had no maps when I went to India. I knew no Lonely Planet guide or nothing like that. I just went to India. I can say looking back, but I don't have to look back because even <coughs> then I, I I felt my steps were guided by, just just guided. When I, I don't want to make it sound too mystical, but you just had the feeling to move, and I moved. And something makes you turn left and walk further down, and stop. And sit down, and 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 whatever life interacted with this body at that time took place like that. And this is how I came to find myself at the feet of my own master like that. And more and more, it just took out this kind of consequential thinking, like if I do this, then this, this, then this, then that happen. The best thing is to really lose this. Tight picture of yourself. When you try to find who or what or where am I, there's no there's no tight image, there's no representation. Just just the space and the sense of presence. And nothing more is needed. In that there's a deep contentment. And there's no need to say how things should be deeply, superficially, yes. Because even here, working here, something guides to work somehow. It just kind of knows here or there, and this about some things. A lot of things I don't know anything about. A lot of things I don't know nothing about. I don't need to know anything about it. But I know in the moment everything I need to know about. In the moment. And all the things I don't need to know about, I don't concern about. But it's not always that you know. It's exactly. That it's, I'm not even exact. I don't know. I cannot describe the self as exact or not exact. It's just I'm, that kind of thinking. It would not be some important thing. Um, at a certain point, there was a clear vanishing of the notions I had about self. Because even up until that time, I would say that uh, the mark of the spirit was present inside, but there was still also there 
identity. Mm. You know, when I say identity, not the feeling there was an I there, not just I, but there was still the smell of a person, the the vibration of person, the concern of person like that. The significant thing is to remember, is to recognize somehow non phenomenally that what is here isn't more real as its projections. It projects all of this, it understands through the through the identity all all of this and it understands and perceives the identity and the identity's projections. All of this is seen, like one line of seeing. In one way you can say like that. In another way you can say, yes, I mean all of this is arising in some in a bubble without without boundary. And everything inside this bubble arises from and exists inside this bubble, and this bubble is consciousness. And the consciousness itself is also seen. But this must be confirmed inside you as a real experience. Sure, what we really know and what we really think we know. And the only way of proving that, I don't know if there's a way, the only way of proving proving this is that in any situation, in every circumstances, it comes up looking the same way. From any direction, it comes up looking the same, the same way, confirming the same thing. Because it's very difficult to know something absolutely. Because a knowledge that is tasted through the mind cannot be absolute. It is not there. It's not there that the truth. Is confirmed. It's confirmed in something much more subtle than that. Therefore, there are many people who have an intellectual conviction about truth, and it brings a certain power in them. But it may not eradicate the egoic identity, and that has to be transcended, because it will mean that there are still influences. Functioning inside consciousness that keeps consciousness in the cramped position of a person. And I don't blame anyone because the whole of life for me is a kind of timing. There's a time there's a time to be identified and to try being in the world and to make your own way and to marry the person you love and to find the job you want to do and to have the sense of you know searching for your purpose. There's a time for that. For everybody, and there is a season when that that time will be over. There will be a deeper urge to discover something beyond what you learn in schools and universities and churches and so on. That uh, I call it a kind of good fortune that a human being comes to a certain point where um, they cannot control their projections; they can see that. And sufficient humility is present to allow some openness to happen, without which there won't be that dissolution. The mind is always trying to purchase more time, buying time to entice the attention of consciousness, to get invested in things that will keep you in the realm of time. But for some, 
um, they are not so attracted to to, to such uh, destructions. And it's not an individual thing. It's just that the burning can take on a kind of fierceness, you know. And when it comes to to that time, then you find yourself unable to to serve other things.